It's going to be one of those recordings, isn't it? <laughs> I think you're going to be putting on the uh, the child crying in the background filter for this one. Excellent, excellent, excellent. <laughs> Daddy, why do you keep swearing into the microphone? Daddy, why do you never play with me? Why is it always history, history, history? Why are you reading me the biography of Churchill, Daddy? I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> All I want is a gruffalo. <laughs> I like the gruffalo, but the... Gruffalo's for children. Yes, instead all I get is the gruff old racist. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm only 34. I meant Churchill. <laughs> although. Oh, <right>. although. <laughs> um, very quickly, before we start, I'm just going to go grab some water. I've realised my cup runs empty. OK, no, no trouble. It was that quick. Like a flash. Like a flash. I don't, yeah, I don't know any songs. Ah, oh, there we go. Ah, started badly. You rescued it. Well done. <laughs> also can be slightly changed to flash uh <laughs> which is someone who shows their willy to people in a park. <laughs> yes. Flash uh, uh. <laughs> Open your trench coat. Da, da, da. Da, 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 da. Beautiful. Flash. <laughs> uh. Hello and welcome to That Was Genius. <laughs> the little history podcast in which Tom... Hello. <laughs> ruler of uh, rewriting Queen songs. And Sam, uh, not, discuss... His Gordon's <laughs> Alive. Gordon's Alive. Discuss history <laughs> stories on a theme each week. The story's decided the week in advance, but everything else that happens is a surprise. I've now got back quick as a flash, ah, uh, with some water. So we're ready to go. And what's the topic? We've done well. <laughs> we have. And we? So far we've done Brian Blessed, we've sung a silly song, and uh, we haven't done any French accents. Though. We haven't, but you showed me a picture of our new website that has... Uh, the first thing you see is a picture of a man sticking his finger up his own bottom. <laughs> <laughs> that is, incidentally, a, an animation, a, a drawing from a medieval manuscript. Not just... <laughs> it's not just a doodle that Tom not... drew. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or a bit of gay pornography, um, for that matter. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so that's the new website, which uh, we mentioned a few episodes ago, which is coming along rather nicely. <laughs> what is our topic this week, Tom? Apart from sticking fingers at bottoms. The topic... Was that the topic? Shit. <laughs> I was doing it for pleasure. Uh, the topic this week is espionage, or as the French say, espionage. Yes. And as the British would call it, espionage. Oh, yes. A subtle difference there. And I've got a cracking source for you, Sam, that I think you're going to enjoy very much. Very much. Yes, you hinted at what it might be earlier in off, off Air. And I think I might actually know this source, but it's a good source if it's the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> oh, damn you. <laughs> it is very good. Don't worry. The fact that I may or may not have heard of it before doesn't doesn't ruin it. Well, we have done spies before, haven't we, I think? Mm. And so when I started researching, I came across um, a few things that I'd already come across. So, yeah, you may well have come across it when researching for a previous episode on a similar topic. I've just done a spy, but it's a good spy story. But I've just done a spy. Excellent. Though no, that's absolutely a not fine. very good no, spy who tried very hard. <laughs> well, doesn't make up for it, does it? Being hardworking doesn't doesn't make up for being incompetent. There's a slight link there between that and my source. Yeah, Excellent. there is a slight link between incompetence. We should probably flip something uh, espionage related to see who goes first, shouldn't we? Well, I'm tucked away in a children's bedroom, desperately trying not to move the microphone. So have you got a baby monitor? Oh, that was very that was very clever. Of yes. Me. No, I haven't. Oh. But I have got a little blue bear. Okay. Does the little blue bear have a recorder in it so you can record messages? 
No, it does. Oh, I don't think it does. I'll have to rip it apart, furiously, to find out. <laughs> Worth it. In front of my children. <laughs> yes. Worth it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> okay, fine. But have you got anything better than a bluebell? I've got an envelope marked private and confidential. All it had in it was a tax statement. But, <laughs> oh, but it has the word, it, it's kind of secretive. In the sense that it's for my eyes only. Oh, okay. So they haven't... It's not your um, colonoscopy <laughs> staff returning your piles or anything like that, is it? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, we can't accept these as samples. <laughs> it's got return to stender stamped on them. <laughs> and a little Ziploc bag. <laughs> yes. Also, sir, we're dentists. <laughs> And these are not tonsils. <laughs> right. right, which side? This is good. This is thrilling, isn't it? Which side would you like to pick, Tom? Do you want the side that says private and confidential and has my address? Uh, or the side that doesn't? Uh, the side that doesn't. <laughs> cool. Okay. Here we go. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you win, Tom. That's, you win. That's there spiced we go. it up. The sound it made spiced it up. I'm going to go first. Go on, then. Okay, so as mentioned, I've got a, a slightly more light-hearted topic this week based on a very funny source I found. Well, it couldn't so have been less <laughs> less light-hearted <laughs> than last week. <laughs> Genocide and the abuse of corpses. <laughs> yeah, so I've got a bit more light-hearted than that. So my document... Gen- Genocide and the abuse of corpses is my favourite do-what band. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Yes. Uh, My topic is a document from 1944 called Simple Sabotage from the CIA, Sam. Oh, my God. Hi, I'm Officer Porky Sausage from the CIA, (laughs) which you may know stands for the Coconut Ignition Authority. We supervise and monitor the igniting of all coconuts and other tropical troops in the United States of America. Our motto, dedication to desiccation through decimation. (laughs) That is very good. Very good. Hi, I'm Officer Hank Wankington from the CIA, which you may know stands for the Chile Iguana Association. We supervise and monitor the warmth of all iguanas and other herbivorous amphibians in the United States of America. Our motto, all shivered lizards considered in blizzards. (laughs) No, seriously. Hi, I'm Randy Youngman from the CIA, also known as as the Colon Investigation Authority. (laughs) We've done our we, we supervise and monitor the anuses of everyone trying to enter or exit the United States. <laughs> yeah. For anyone who's trying to Our motto try is to... in or out, a finger's going up the spout. <laughs> even if you're just in transit, even if you're just in transit, you are gonna have your personal space interfered with. <laughs> Cause that's LAX. Yeah. Oh dear. Passing through Newark will pass through your undies. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway, seriously, it stands for the Central Intelligence Agency, what? doesn't it, Sam? No. Oh, no, really, no, really, it does. And the organisation responsible for the Bay of Pigs cock-up is called the Central Intelligence Agency. So, the Simple Sabotage Field Manual has been declassified and can be viewed by anyone on the CIA website, Sam. Because be all good secret organisations have a website. <laughs> yeah, <so they laughs> Including field you. manuals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think It's a funny field. I think the field manual was probably targeted at um, continental Europe in the Second World War. 1944, Nazi occupation. Uh, it, that would appear to be what it's targeting at. 
Hello everyone, quick interlude from Sam here. Tom in this episode references a CIA manual several times. Uh, obviously the CIA didn't exist until after World War II, so he obviously, obviously means the OSS, which became the CIA and stands for the Office of Strategic Services. So there you go. Anyway, it's 31 pages long, and let me describe it to you, Sam, because it, it is cracking. So this document, as you'd expect for the title, is a guide to everyday sabotage. Just your everyday sabotage. Nothing special. Exactly. It's not like Just birthday sabotage. <laughs> Christmas sabotage. <laughs> 50th birthday sabotage. <laughs> yeah. Nothing that big. No. <laughs> it's cons- And it's, it's obviously concerned with individuals sympathetic to Western values. I avoided a blowjob joke. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting 30 years for this. Um, Sympathetic to Western values in a country ruled by people we don't like, you know, like the dirty Cubans or governments in the Soviet bloc or maybe the SNP. It's about (laughs) about getting those sympathetic individuals to perform acts of small acts of resistance that when multiplied by thousands and thousands become an effective form of resistance. So it's like death by a thousand paper cuts. Um, And because of that, they're, they're wonderfully petty. <laughs> don't, don't buy a bus ticket. Or if you do, just buy a single when intending to make a return journey. Boom! Revolution! <laughs> you're, on the, you're on the right lines. It will, it will go on to discuss acts of sabotage using easy-to-come-by things and also how to behave in an uncooperative manner. So think a three-year-old at bedtime. That's basically what it is. So <laughs> How to behave in an uncooperative manner. Yep. And uh, many of us are going to be thinking, wow, I don't need to well, be in 1940s <laughs> Germany or France to be experiencing this sort of behaviour in the workplace. Anyway, how do you motivate a potential saboteur, Tom? Well, I'm glad you asked, Sam. Quote, purposeful <laughs> stupidity is contrary to human nature. Now, I disagree with you there, CIA. <laughs> Uh, and this, because this podcast comes very naturally to me. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> and also, the Bay of Pigs came very naturally to the CIA. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So purposeful stupidity is contrary to human nature. Anyway, so it is recommended that you highlight to people that small acts can lead to big things when done regularly by large numbers of people. And these big things can lead to a change in the leadership of your country or a change in the political structure of your country, those sort of things. So it's death by a thousand cuts again. Slightly patronising quote here. Abstract verbalisations about personal liberty, freedom of press and so on will not be convincing in most parts of the world. In many areas, they will not even be comprehensible. (laughs) Thanks for that, CIA. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know, let's pick a country, for example, where talking about liberty and freedom wouldn't be comprehended by the local population. I, uh, mm, South America. Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> South America. Iran. <laughs> yeah. Large parts of Afghanistan. <laughs> and, and, and built, and built on that basic... <laughs> built on that basic principle, we can torture people, can't we? Yeah. US of A. <laughs> okay. They don't even understand liberty, Tom. They're not going to exactly. mind being taken away from them. So just waterboard them. Um, <laughs> Here are some tips from the document for keeping your activities low risk. Try to commit acts for which large numbers of people could be responsible. Using a <laughs> McDonald's employee analogy, you could throw chips all over the floor of the restaurant or not wash so that your BO stinks out the kitchen. Fart on a crowded train. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a great tip. Frequently you can get away with such acts under the cover of pretending stupidity. Durr, I didn't realise that rifle barrels needed to be straight. <laughs> After you've committed an act of easy sabotage, 
resist any temptation to wait around and see what happens. Loiterers arouse suspicion. <laughs> Shit in the muesli and run, folks. <laughs> My God, Bart this could describe any go. tourist. Are all, to- are all tourists <laughs> <laughs> just minor saboteurs for their own country? Actually, that works as an analogy, doesn't it? <laughs> tourists. <laughs> Bumbling around in busy areas, getting in everyone's way <laughs> when you're trying to get to work. Yeah. yeah. Standing in the doorways of the tube train as the doors close. <laughs> That's right. Taking excessive amounts of time to buy a ticket. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Swinging this... a wheelie suitcase around with great force in a confined <laughs> area. <laughs> no- <laughs> Knocking people over with your fanny pack as you swing around. <laughs> To see, when, to see when the next tube train's arriving. <laughs> Trying to pay with Scottish banknotes. <laughs> here are some simple... Here are some specific suggestions for simple sabotage. That's a quote. It's the sort of stuff that only the super-intelligent people... Specific suggestions for simple sabotage. <laughs> simple, simple, yeah, it's quite a mouthful. It's, it's, it's not hard sabotage. to act stupid, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Try saying that in a Sean Connery accent. <laughs> specific suggestions for simple sabotage is the sort of stuff that only super intelligent people at the CIA could have come up with. Nobody else would have possibly come up with this sort of stuff. And here's a quote for, for, for sabotaging buildings. Quote, they are extremely susceptible to damage, especially by fire, dot, dot, dot. Fires can be started wherever there is an accumulation of inflammable material. <laughs> what? <laughs> Say what? <laughs> Damn it, this is where have we have been going wrong. We have been trying to blow the building down with our air dryers when we should have just been setting a light to the extremely large pile of Lynx deodorant <laughs> yes. in the basement. Yes. Why, oh, why do we keep on throwing matches into this pile of ice? <laughs> <laughs> We are trying to burn down the building, but for some reason, setting fire to the baths full of water is just not cutting it. Is it not working? No wonder we are useless French people. You know what we need? We need a short document that can explain to us how to do this properly. Hopefully provided by someone exceptionally intelligent. Maybe someone at the CIA. Yes. <laughs> if only there was a pictorial guide. <laughs> Ah, René, look what I have found. <laughs> it is me, Leclerc. <laughs> Here's a cracker that we all actually need to try at some point when we leave a workplace where we didn't feel like we were being treated particularly nicely. <laughs> There's only three episodes of this podcast then. <laughs> Once I've served my notice. <laughs> Quote, forget to provide paper in toilets. Put tightly rolled paper, hair and other... <laughs> No, it's more than just that. More than just that. <laughs> God this damn. Is, this is so unbelievably, wonderfully petty. <laughs> I know. Do you know how to bring down, the, bring down the Third Reich? The way to do it, Tom, is you only put two wipes worth of toilet paper. <laughs> Aha! <laughs> the Iron Curtain will be crumbling. <laughs> I don't even know what accents we're doing now. <laughs> it keeps flitting between French and German. Um, so let me start again. Forget to provide paper in toilets. Put tightly rolled paper, hair and other obstructions in the WC. <laughs> Saturate a sponge with thick starch or other sugar solution. Squeeze it tightly into a ball. Wrap it with string and dry. Remove the string when fully dried. The sponge will be in the form of a tight, hard ball. Flush down the WC or otherwise introduce into a sewer line. The sponge will gradually expand its normal size and plug the sewage system. Join us next week on Blue Peter when we'll be making Tracy Island.
also, I had no idea that literally all of my university housemates were American spies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's a very long list of simple things in this section um, that you can do. You can blunt your tools, bend saws, put small amounts of crap in cooling systems. By crap, I mean... Literally poo. (laughs) You could. You could. Anything that requires grease to work properly, just put a bit of debris in the grease. Um, now, despite being re- written in the 1940s, this document was well ahead of its time. Quote, in all types of transformers, block the ventilation by putting debris round the transformer. So Optimus Prime is notoriously OCD when it comes to tidiness. Sam. Yes, he is. Yeah. All you need to do is put debris around the transformers and they're fucked. <laughs> you don't see that in the films. <laughs> just wait. Optimus Prime wakes up in the morning and, dis- and discovers that someone's just fly tipped an old bath and some kitchen units over him. <laughs> Over his fence. Cannot be. <laughs> in, his, in his two bed, his two bed detached house, <laughs> in a leafy suburb. Uh, <laughs> oh, was Prime wakes up. Oh, really fancy cup of tea. I just like. Well, I just like the idea of a transformer waking up, falling over immediately because its balance is fucked, and it turns out it's because a bird started nesting in its ear. <laughs> it's a family of sparrows. Suboptimus Prime, that would be. Yeah, <laughs> Quote, derail mine cars by putting obstructions on the rails and in switch points. If possible, pick a gallery where cold cars have to pass each other so that the traffic will be snarled up. Oh. Little known fact, Sam. One of the prop men on the second Indiana Jones. I was just film, about to make an Indiana Jones joke. I was just about to make an Indiana Jones joke. <laughs> I knew, and I thought I'd have to get in there quick. Yeah. And to think, Indiana Jones was working for the CIA. He was providing them with all of these magical treasures. And what, how, do they, how do they repay him, Tom? How do they repay him? <laughs> by just making his life more difficult. I like the way as a team, by the way, Sam, as a, as a podcasting team, rather than just give you the opportunity to take the punchline, we wrestled for it. Like <laughs> 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 all good comedy duos. <laughs> no, mine, mine. <laughs> Get your hands off! Fortunately, I get to edit this, so we just will see who's funnier in the final cut, Tom. <laughs> uh, here's, a, here's another very good one for railways. I think you're going to be able to, you're going to be able to insert jokes on this one, Sam. Quote: Make train travel as inconvenient as possible for enemy personnel. Issue two tickets for the same seat in the train, so that an interesting argument will result. I mean, I don't think it needs the CIA to make train travel as inconvenient as possible. <laughs> Just privatising. Other other tips involve being excessively noisy during the night. So shouting, tickets please, right in people's ears. Oh, is this still still in trains or is this not just annoying your Nazi wife? (laughs) 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 Just just shouting loudly in the middle of the night. Liberty! Maybe if you've already if you've already married a Nazi, I think it's a little bit late to be thinking about resistance. <laughs> uh, you're literally in bed with the enemy. <laughs> yes, <right. laughs> yes, but sabotaging it every night with disappointing sex, <laughs> loud noises. No, no, I'm doing it deliberately. No, <laughs> this is an act of resistance. <laughs> you're very good at ejaculating after two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I should add, by the way, neither of our wives are Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> be noisy on a train at night. I like that. Yeah, yeah, and bang around, bang around the luggage was another suggestion. Um, <laughs> bus drivers can drive past stops where the enemy wanted to get off. Um, <laughs> Again, turn on, Again. Yeah, well done, CIA. Good work. <laughs> turn on lights in parked cars. 
taxi drivers take the longer route. Yeah, lots of CIA operatives in Mumbai. <laughs> yes, and, um, well, and London. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? Um, barge captains give wrong directions so that people take slower routes where the uh, the tides aren't as... Favourable. Support- supportive? Favourable. Supportive sounds like a bra. Favourable is better. <laughs> Quote, hamper official... Sports tides. <laughs> sports tides. Hamper official and especially military business by making at least one telephone call a day to an enemy headquarters. When you get them, tell them you have the wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is Mr. Burns. <laughs> Me and Schindler both made shells for the Nazis, but mine worked, damn it. <laughs> it's, it's a really rather odd one. Quote, anyone can break up a showing of an enemy propaganda film by putting two or three dozen large moths in a paper bag. <laughs> take the bag to the mo- <laughs> take the bag to the movies with you. Put it on the floor in an empty section of the theatre as you go in and leave it open. The moths will fly out and climb into the projector beam so that the film will be obscured by fluttering shadows. Brilliant. All you need for this is two or three dozen moths. <laughs> <laughs> Which Quick, is not gonna to the moth farm. It's <laughs> never gonna draw attention, is it? <laughs> yeah. You're running around, running around with a net on a stick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you get to the cinema, and the the concierge is gonna say, "I'm sorry, sir. What's in the bag? You're not allowed to bring your own food in here." Oh, it's not food. <laughs> Behold, oh, not my moth. It's the third tonight. <laughs> Can you be slightly more creative? <laughs> Similarly, I imagine the CIA would be happy if you put a large number of skunks in a small bag and take them to a Nazi rally, release them surreptitiously, <laughs> or take a large rucksack of gerbils to a restaurant and put them in the buffet area and just watch <laughs> as, they, as they cause chaos. You know, the list is endless. It is, it really is. There's a, there's a lot of fun to be had. <laughs> by taking a large number of animals yes. to, to a place where Nazi, Nazis congregate. <laughs> And I'd like to finish with my favourite section of them all. It's called, quote, general interference with organisations and production. I've not taken any notes on this section because there's so much gold. I'm just going to go straight to the source. Go on. And for anyone who has worked in a large business, you'll be listening to this thinking, what's new pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm looking forward to this. (laughs) I feel like I might know what's coming. (laughs) Okay, general interference with organisations and production. Insist on doing everything through channels. Never permit shortcuts (laughs) to be taken in order to expedite decisions. (laughs) Make, quote, speeches. Talk as frequently as possible and at great length. Illustrate your points by long anecdotes and accounts of personal experiences. Never hesitate to make a few appropriate patriotic comments. Yep, we've all had that line, manager. I am that line manager, other than the patriotic <laughs> comments. This is like the this is like a BBC leadership training manual. <laughs> it is, yeah, absolutely. When possible, refer all matters to committees for further study and consideration. Oh yeah. <laughs> Done that. <laughs> Attempt to make the committees as large as possible. Never less than five. <laughs> this is just like meetings at work. Bring up irrelevant issues as frequently as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Haggle over precise wordings of communications minutes and resolutions. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) This is genuinely... Was this not written with any sense of irony whatsoever by by a large (laughs) government body? This Exactly. This is how to be a good bureaucrat. Mm. Misunderstand orders. Ask endless questions or engage in long correspondence about such orders. Quibble over them when you can. Yes. (laughs) In making work assignments, always sign out the unimportant jobs first. 
See that the important jobs are assigned to inefficient workers or poor machines. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> God, this ring, this rings so many bells. <laughs> it's just most of my when life. Tra- <laughs> when training new workers, give incomplete or misleading instructions. <laughs> and this is probably the probably the best. Send, one them, of them, send all. them down to the storeroom for a long wait. <laughs> Tartan paint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> To lower morale, and with it production, be pleasant to inefficient workers, give them undeserved promotions, discriminate against efficient workers, complain (laughs) unjustly about their work. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Multiply paperwork in plausible ways, start duplicate files. Do you know what? I've just had a thought, Tom. I've just had a brainwave. What if this manual was not intended to be given to individuals. It was intended to be widely intended to be widely distributed so that everyone would suspect their colleagues who they didn't like of being a spy. It wasn't intended for you to use. It was intended to make you suspect that every other person around you, you might was an right. insurrectionist. And you know what, Sam? That's why they're the goddamn Central Intelligence Agency. Damn it, that's why they're the Chile Iguana Authority. <laughs> <laughs> they're always one step ahead of everybody else. I reckon that might be it, you know. I reckon it's a manual that just has so many small acts of petty stupidity in it that literally anyone could be accused of being an enemy spy. <laughs> and therefore the net effect <laughs> is far larger oh. than the parts... <laughs> than the sum of its parts. Oh. All this is targeted to Nazi Germany, and actually German workers are so goddamn efficient that the whole concept <laughs> of this is appalling. Yeah. No, no one would ever be inefficient. This would not happen yes. in Germany. <laughs> and here's one for the females. Cry and sob hysterically at every occasion, especially when confronted <laughs> by government clerks. <laughs> and last but not least, a rather weird one. Do not cooperate in salvage schemes. Anyway, there you go. (laughs) Damn it, we need one more diver to raise this buried treasure. Nope. I'm not joining in, but you're the best goddamn diver we've got. Nope. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I think we should start a committee to decide. I'm big. What what are you doing over there, by the way? I'm just poking bits of debris in the grease. (laughs) Yep. I'm busy blocking the WC. Yes. What have you just What's put up Optimus? Bag? What have you just put up Optimus Prime's ass? <laughs> a bag of moths. Is that a bag of moths? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there it is, Sam. It is the um, CIA's most wonderful document: simple sabotage. Wonderful. <laughs> I like that very much. I think we should write our own simple sabotage manual. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be any different. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> That would make a great short film. Someone needs to turn this into a, a propaganda film. My version would have things like, pretend you don't have suitable space to do a recording. Constantly fidget with your microphone. <laughs> yes. Constantly click your pen. Doodle loudly. <laughs> Occasionally start falling to sleep because it's late at night in New Zealand. Whereas mine would be, Carefully cut out all of your friends <laughs> slightly slightly close to the bone <laughs> jokes so that he comes across as much of a stuffy academic as possible. Because <laughs> li- <laughs> listeners might not know, but I, I am very close to the bone with some of my jokes. And, and last week I did make some <laughs> rather, rather unpleasant <laughs> Aboriginal alcoholic jokes that Sam had to cut out. I cut out most of them. I think I'd, I had to, <laughs> I had to leave one in for scansion. It just didn't work without it. 
Oh dear. You know what makes it even more fun is I love the, I love the discomfort I give you and I I can feel you slightly cringing. You know, we are our, our episode on religion. So all of our episodes, yep. our episodes go up on YouTube and it's literally just a sound file gets uploaded. So there's no pictures or anything. And I think maybe two or three people listen to each episode. And of those two or three people, someone reported our religious episode for inciting religious hatred and it got taken down from YouTube. <laughs> it got taken down. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. It wasn't even a bad episode. Oh, well. <laughs> I wonder I wonder whether it was the, the bloke that um, gave us feedback on Podbean and said, stupid. <laughs> and when I went on his file, he was following lots of evangelical Christian podcasts. Yes. That sounds like the kind of petty revenge you'd seek. <laughs> Yeah. It's funny that you should mention shit spying because I have a shit spy today. <laughs> I was once spied on while I was having a shit. Were you? Have I told you about it? Is it the Birmingham University Library? Oh, you have told me about it. In fact, I think you've mentioned this on the podcast before. <laughs> yeah, some peeping Tom started bloody looking through a hole while I was having a dump and I couldn't wipe quick enough to go and clomp him. <laughs> and a clomp. <laughs> for those people who don't know, is when you punch someone with a pile of shit in your hand. I was going to say, did you not did you not feel the need to just do one wipe and then shove the toilet paper through the hole? <laughs> Flick it over the top. <laughs> also, I like that Peeping Tom was spying on Peeing Tom <laughs> or Pooping Tom. <laughs> oh, dear. And that's a good act of minor sabotage, isn't it? Make people feel uncomfortable in the public toilets by peering at them. <laughs> the dogger's handbook. <laughs> yes. Dog is against occupation. <laughs> the DAO. <laughs> so I've got I've got a I've got a shit spy rather than shit espionage today, Tom. And I, I feel a bit bad calling her a shit spy because she did get a pretty tough time of it and was incredibly brave and tried really hard. She just wasn't really naturally cut out for it. <laughs> a for effort. A for effort. I give mm, C minus for achievement. <laughs> Um, and I've wanted to talk about this woman for months. I actually, I think I actually might have, te- might have teased her in one of our episodes before Christmas. <laughs> did, did you? Ah, shit spy. She locked in the cupboard at the moment. Uh, poor, woman. poor woman. No, this is, this is... I caught you. You were watching me having a poo and I caught you. <laughs> and now you're going to sit in my cupboard <laughs> until I say you can leave. You're going to get a clumping. <laughs> <laughs> Take you up, take you outside, and put you up against the clumping wall. Oh, oh no! <laughs> and I'm going to clump you, good and proper. Well, she did get getting shot against the wall by the SS. So close enough. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, today's time. I'm going to talk about Nora Baker. It's pretty good that I get to talk about her today because just yesterday it was announced that she's actually getting a blue plaque at her former home in London, which is pretty cool. And it makes her the first Indian woman to get one. And for anyone who isn't familiar with British history, blue plaques are big iron plates that get fixed to buildings where important historical figures lived, kind of authors, scientists, politicians uh, and spies. Uh, So you may have noticed, Tom, that Nora Baker isn't an especially Indian sounding name. (laughs) Oh, I was thinking that. Yes. And that's because, Tom, yeah, in true spy style, it's just a pseudonym. Ah, oh, get out of here. It's not her real identity. Whoosh. Disappearing into the Age night. one of how to be a good spy. Yeah. <laughs> her full name was Noor Un Nissa Inayat Khan. I thought you were going to say her full name was Nora Baker. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Nora Inayat Baker. <laughs> Nobody suspects. No, though Nora Baker does sound like a Coronation Street character, doesn't she? Yes, yes. <laughs> kind of a, a slightly uh, 
Slightly fusty traditional northern housewife. So yes, uh, her real name was Nora Nissa Inayat Khan. And she wasn't just a spy, Tom. She was an actual full-blooded Indian princess. Wow. So yeah, so she had she was wore a cloak of many colours, as uh, Dolly Parton once sang. Her father was Indian aristocracy, and her mother was descended from the ruling family of the Kingdom of Mysore, which is towards the south of India. And her mother, actually, despite her Indian heritage, was actually an American citizen. She was born Aura Ray Baker, which is where Nora Baker got her uh, pseudonym from, oh, yeah. uh, of, nice. of, of Albuquerque, New Mexico. And her dad was working as a Sufi mystic and a touring musician. So she had a pretty hippie upbringing, as you might expect. Yeah, that sounds very <laughs> It does, yeah. doesn't it? Uh, the family moved and toured around the world from the USA to Russia and ended up fleeing Moscow at the start of World War One for London Sorry, just after Nora was born. What's a Sufi mystic? Uh, Sufi, Sufism. Oh, not super. Not a su- okay, not so a not soupy somebody- mystic. Not someone. Not no. not the master of minestrone. <laughs> <laughs> the mushroom maestro. <laughs> mm, I'm getting a sense that you are going to have good regular bounds for the next yes. few days. <laughs> Stroking the crystal ball, cockaliki, cockaliki. <laughs> Cabbage soup diet. Cabbage soup diet. You will lose lots of weight short term. (laughs) But it'll all come back on. Toxic cleansing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, a soupy mystic from the Order of Oxtail. (laughs) From the Church of Chicken and Mushroom. So the family fled Moscow at the start of World War I for London, just after Noah was born, and then ended up moving to France in 1920. She wasn't exactly a, a natural-born James Bond, nor. She was very shy, she was softly spoken, and actually, before World War II, she worked as a children's author and child psychologist and became a virtuoso harp player as well. So, absolutely not James wow. Bond. Although I do like the idea of a harp with laser beams on it. A harp with, with laser beams. Laser beams for killing Nazis. <laughs> And she was a children's author as well, so I quite like the idea of kind of Q, Q branch in James Bond style giving her an exploding children's book, which which after a few seconds sprays chocolate pudding and upturned Lego bricks all over the room. <laughs> Help you escape from the SS. Shoots crayons at your newly painted walls. Yeah. Anyway, when the Germans invaded France in 1940, uh, the Khans fled to Cornwall, where despite their pacifist ideas, uh, ideals, sorry, uh, Nora and her youngest brother, Villiat, decided to do their bit and join the war effort in a kind of attempt to bridge the gap between Britain and India. So Nora joined the Women's Auxiliary Air Force, where she trained as a radio operator. She got very bored there very, very quickly, but was pretty quickly picked up as someone who spoke fluent French, English and Russian by the Special Operations Executive. Ah, uh, yeah. Yes, which... U- useful skills. Useful yep, skills. See. Yep. Yep. And the, the Special Operations Executive has an amazing nickname. It was kind of the British spy agency in uh, in World War Two. Do you know the nickname of the SEO? No. It's the Ministry for Ungentlemanly Warfare. How oh, good is that? How did I not come across that? How good is that as a nickname? Not having an umbrella and a top hat in Indeed, indeed. It's not telling someone when you're going to shoot them. <laughs> not giving them the opportunity to shoot back. Calling them names. <laughs> Tickling their bottoms when they're not expecting it so that they jump. <laughs> indeed, shooting them in the arse. Perfectly acceptable. For anyone listening who's training to be a spy, if you've got someone on your hit list... Don't tickle their ass first. If you're that close, <laughs> yeah, just take them out. Just take them out. <laughs> Don't t- tickle their ass afterwards. Yes, absolutely. 
Victory squat them. <laughs> victory squat. What on their face? Yeah. What's a victory squat? A victory squat is what you do in gaming when you uh, when you kill someone in a computer game and you just go and you just squat repeatedly on their face, teabagging them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning so much. So, so she very got she very quickly got picked up by the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare and began to be trained as a French resistance radio operator. Of course, you need a cover story, Tom, if you're going to be a spy and you're going to be trained to be dropped into France. And so she was seconded to the so-called First Aid Nursing Yeomanry, which I only mention, Tom, because of its brilliant <laughs> acronym. <laughs> which is... Fanny. <laughs> so whilst being trained as a spy, according to the outside world, she was just your average Fanny, Tom. She was just your average <laughs> member of the First Aid Nursing Yeomanry. Fanny. <laughs> yeomanry? Does this... What does yeomanry mean? A uh, yeomanry is a volunteer militia organisation. Is that right? Yeah. But I suspect that yeomanry was only added so that they could make the acronym FANNY. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It sounds like an unnecessary addition, is it? Does. It, it is an unnecessary addition. <laughs> so Nora had already been trained, as, getting vaguely back to the story, Nora had already been trained as a radio operator by the Air Force, so she was leagues ahead of all of her classmates at spy school, which got her selected as the first woman to be dropped into France as a radio operator. However, while she was very good at the radio part, as a spy, she was not quite so successful, Tom. (laughs) Uh, I've got a few quotes shortly from her training officers, but uh, her training basically finished with a mock Gestapo interrogation in which she was so terrified she literally lost her voice and very nearly vomited on the table. And her handling agent nearly had to leave the room to cry because they felt so bad for her. (laughs) Have I told, have I on this podcast so far, have I regaled people with my anecdote of security training at Waitrose? (laughs) How closely matched to a special executive operations radio operator into Nazi occupied France (laughs) was your training into how to stop shoplifters at a British supermarket chain? (laughs) Drinking vodka at a middle class British supermarket. How closely do the two combine? (laughs) We had an excellent security course. It was a three day security course for Waitrose management trainees. It was run by an ex-police officer and an ex-gangster who was six foot five and Polish. And right. uh, the, two of the, the first thing you did on the morning of day one is one by one, you went into a room where there was a scenario set up and you were asked to deal with it in whatever as, as best as you could. And it was a mock scenario from a supermarket and it was videoed. So everyone else was watching it at the same time. And the scenario was this six foot five Polish bloke was eating satsumas in the grocery area of your supermarket and you had to and being quite aggressive and you had to go up and deal with it. Anyway, so you had these little blonde girls, little blonde sort of 20 24 year old girls going into the scenario and they'd walk up to this chap and go, uh, um, um, ex- excuse me, what are you doing? And he'd turn around with bits of satsuma dribbling down his chin and we were all watching this on the video and he'd go, who the fuck are you? Who the fuck? fuck are you to talk to me like that? Are you a fucking manager? Who the fuck did you suck off to get this job? <laughs> this, was, this, was stra- this was straight off the bat on the morning of the course. And it, as he's saying it, he's spitting Satsuma in this little blonde girl's face. Who did you... Su- <laughs> this, girl, this girl responded with, it's none of your business who I sucked off to get this job. <laughs> to be fair, that's not a terrible response. <laughs> <laughs> anyway I bet he's about some more of his Satsuma at that point <laughs> Yeah, well, I say 
<laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that response. You will at some point finish your parts, Sam. Sorry, I keep <laughs> taking no, you away no. from your topic. <laughs> so, uh, yes, so much like the small blonde girl in Waitrose, she did get a bit of a hard time of it at spy school. <laughs> oh. Years after the war, her personnel file was uncovered and read, and here's a quote, she's not overburdened with brains, <laughs> but, but has worked hard and shown keenness, apart from some dislike of the security side of the course, which unfortunately at spy school is quite a big part of the course. Um, yeah. She has an unstable and temperamental personality, and it's very doubtful whether she's really suited to work in the field. Uh, next to this comment... Morris Buckmaster, who is the head of the French section, or F section of the FOE, wrote, Nonsense! We don't want them overburdened with brains anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's brilliant. Classic. Good old sexism in the workplace. (laughs) That's fantastic. Um, And that's written in the notes. That's written in the notes of her official personnel file, yes. Handwritten in the notes of her official personnel file. Uh, There were some quite serious issues with her performance. Firstly, she had what her handlers described as a childlike sense of innocence and was incapable of lying. Again, something of a problem Mm. for a spy. Spy, yeah. (laughs) In fact, in one interview, she admitted that uh, she'd, quote, hate to have to do anything (laughs) two-faced, which... Again, as a spy, does not lend itself well. Yeah. Secondly, she was constantly terrified. She jumped at literally everything. Uh, Thirdly, she was quite obviously Indian, being uh, an Indian princess, and was therefore not the hardest person to pick out in a crowd, especially in Nazi-occupied Europe. (laughs) (laughs) Was she she incredibly stereotypical? (laughs) She basically looked like the lady from... (laughs) from Aladdin. Is that what she looked like? Was she going around on a magic carpet? Close, close enough. Yeah, that's how she flew into occupied France. <laughs> Singing a whole new world. <laughs> with the blue genie behind her. I can't help but feel that we're incorrectly conflating Aladdin with India. I <laughs> know, <laughs> that's what I love about it. It's geographically so wrong. <laughs> As I point out, we are aware of this. <laughs> we, are, we are aware of that slightly insensitive. Welcome to Tom, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Tom. <laughs> Arabia is very different to the Indian subcontinent. <laughs> Actually, it was the it was the Gestapo who was singing a whole new world. <laughs> Ein whole new world. <laughs> A brand new thousand year hike. <laughs> no one will stop us now. Yes. Quick, release the moths in the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> this latest this latest work is reaching all brand new lows. <laughs> From Bolt Disney's occupied Nazi studio. Yes. Pure white and the seven dwarfs is <laughs> Oh, Disney's sitting there going, oh, really? Oh, no. No, really, Nazis, you're going to make me work for you? Oh, How no. awful. I love How terrible. Jews. Oh, <laughs> <Yes>. oh. <laughs> and I have such a reputation for being so liberal. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and accepting. I, I was debating whether to make that joke, but I'm glad we did. <laughs> <laughs> what did the staff at, um, at, at Walt Disney Studios call it? They... Mickey Mouse Fritz. Yes, yes. Mickey Mouse Fritz. 
What's some of the other ones? Donald Duckow. Oh. That? that was another one. <laughs> I've heard of Mickey Mousewitz before, but... <laughs> Was Donald Duck out your own work? <laughs> no, that was genuine. I thought that was a genuine one. Donald Duck out, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> so, yes, she. <laughs> Other than, uh, yes, looking like an Indian princess. Subtle. Subtle lady. It is uh, quite lucky in this case that she hadn't picked up, I guess, more of her more of her mother's American heritage, American side of her mother's heritage. Otherwise, she'd have been dropped into France under cover of darkness in brightly coloured cargo shorts. <laughs> Started taking flash photographs of everything and shouting about how quaint and small it all was. I was telling an SS officer that she liked her uniform, liked his uniform. You Europeans are oh always God, so well dressed. <laughs> oh, my God. Did I tell you about when I was once at the Coliseum? On a school trip, and we were walking around the Coliseum in Rome. No. <laughs> American tourists were waddling around, and um, I overheard them. They had a tour guide, and the tour guide was explaining what what went on at the Coliseum. And this lady went, oh, my God, it's such a pity they don't put on a show. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Let's get some Christians, shall we? Let's round up some Christians and let the lions tear them to pieces. <laughs> oh, Maybe some slaves that have been forced into gladiatorial combat. That would be great fun. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Get some prisoners of war out. <laughs> Come on, guys. Put on a Force show. Force them to club each other. <laughs> yeah, get some Afghanistanis. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Empty Guantanamo Bay. Let's... <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's have a bit of fun. <laughs> yeah, empty Guantanamo. Put them all in the Staples Arena. <laughs> <laughs> With staple guns. With staple guns. That's the only weapons they get. <laughs> And off they go. Anyway, <laughs> slightly cruelly, another of her instructors wrote later in the margins of her file, uh, tends to give away far too much information and came here without the foggiest idea what she was being trained for. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a sort of Kardashian, doesn't she? A little bit. Like, the the heart was in the right place. <laughs> Just not much going on between the ears. <laughs> well, I think, I think that was a bit unfair. I think she probably was, or she certainly was very bright but she just didn't really she felt a sense of duty but at the same time a sense of reluctance <laughs> um she didn't have much more luck when it came to the physical aspect of her training with her instructors writing can run very well but otherwise clumsy unsuitable for jumping <laughs> <laughs> and the incredibly patronizing pretty scared of weapons but tries hard to get over it <laughs> I just got an impression of her just screaming every time she tries to every time she tries to fire a machine gun. <laughs> I'm imagining her. I'm imagining her on the assault course, running along with limbs flicking everywhere in, oh. in heels. In heels. It's a bit like. Do you know what it is? I get the spy with a Gucci bag. <laughs> well, I get the impression. It's like a bit. It's a bit like the spying version of Legally Blonde. <laughs> yes. Oh dear. I was, was going to say, coming up to the first hurdle and just running straight into it. <laughs> oh, God. Going arse over tit. The thing is, I don't want to belittle her too much because she was incredibly brave. She was just very much the victim of uh, the endemic sexism and slight racism of the time. But oh, And not a natural-born spy. I think it's fairly safe to say she had to... Incompetent. Yeah, she yes. did have to fight for... Fight hard for it. She was a little bit incompetent. Um, Square peg in a round hole. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, she was, on the other hand, a very good radio operator, but if a little heavy-handed, she'd been given the pretty cruel nickname Bang Away Lulu by her handlers. 
<laughs> because of her, her heavy-handed radio operating style. <laughs> so, so when a vacancy arrives, <laughs> they're cruel. That's me, bang away, Lulu. <laughs> but she was very good at the radio operating side. She was just a little um, heavy-handed. <laughs> Oh on the old uh, on the old Morse tapper, and anyway, as a <laughs> as a particularly skilled, if uh, somewhat <laughs> enthusiastic radio operator, when a vacancy arose in Paris, as uh, they frequently did for resistance radio operators, given that the life expectancy <laughs> was measured in days, <laughs> she was fast tracked through the rest of the training. Let's get rid of her. <laughs> it's a bit Johnny English. <laughs> One of the reasons why she did find the job particularly tough was that she was constantly butting up against her own very real morals. She pledged non-violence as a follower of Gandhi and other members of her family who'd signed up for military service were doing things like minesweeping and things which were in- inherently non-violent. You're only really putting yourself at risk, incredible danger. But S- Sitting on your computer in 19... 19- <laughs> yeah, no. clicking I, away, I, trying to work out the game. Yeah, I fucked it up. Sorry, that's no, why. No, we all, we all knew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we knew the joke was coming. Could have been delivered better. <laughs> could, could do better. Much like, much like, handed, much like, like yes, much like Norm. <laughs> the will is there, the execution not so much. As a follower of Gandhi, she pledged non-violence and now found that she was going to be literally put in a situation where men with guns would be chasing her down. And there was a pretty good chance that even if she didn't shoot back her actions were going to get people killed on on one side or the other. And this actually drove her almost to the point of depression and she nearly dropped out of the service. She was taken out for dinner by the head of uh, intelligence for the French section and given the opportunity to back out gracefully because her handlers were really, really worried that actually she wouldn't be able to do the job properly just because of her moral convictions. But she did decide in the end that she was going to do this and in June 1943 she was landed by small plane because she was considered unsuitable for parachute jumping, into a field around 190 miles from Paris. And she was met by the resistance and began to find her way to the city. Unfortunately, as was common with radio operators, she didn't last very long. She was uh, pretty quickly... Actually, she didn't do too badly on her own. She was fairly successful, but she was betrayed by the French resistance, either by a double agent. We're not entirely sure what happened. It was either by a double agent or possibly by a resistance fighter who turned against her because... She was so goddamn <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> uh, is this person you have sent us? She is shit. No, well, it she was actually... She refuses to shoot her gun. <laughs> and she is so fucking heavy-handed. Yes. She is sending her radio signals from the attic of this house. It is like someone is hosting a tap dancing competition up there. <laughs> <laughs> it is like fucking a Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins. She is going... <laughs> we have not slept in days. <laughs> I'm fed up of having her peering into my soup. <laughs> Trying to sell me the future. Get rid of her. Ah, uh, I see a message. I see a message emerging from your alphabeti spaghetti. It says... <laughs> <laughs> it says... I'm at the point where I'm going to strangle her with her fucking magic carpet. It is pissing me off. As for the bloody genie... <laughs> So, yeah, she was actually, she she was quite successful as a radio operator and did a very good job for four months, but either was had her details handed over to the Gestapo by a double agent or it's possible that she was shopped by one of her resistance colleagues in an odd love triangle 
this uh, resistance fighter had a boyfriend and the boyfriend became smitten with Noor, so she betrayed him. Very French. Whatever happened, it was very French. <laughs> yeah, it does sound very French. So, yes, within four months, she was captured by the Gestapo in Paris and was interrogated. She was uh, imprisoned and given a very, very unpleasant time of it. She didn't give away any secrets. And slams the door and I will give you all the answers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, we haven't even started yet. <laughs> Okay, that was easy. I know, I know nothing. I mean, quite literally, I'm not very good at this. I know nothing. <laughs> I arrived on a plane. I got dropped off. No, she she did an incredible job in the interrogation and never gave away any of her, the secrets, despite her handlers' concerns in her training. Um, unfortunately, she did accidentally become friends with a rather charming off-duty officer and did give enough away that they were able to determine her identity. But not much more than that. She never gave away any of her proper secrets. Unfortunately, as a slightly mm, shitty spy, she had been writing down all of the messages she was sending in a notebook because that one in her training, which she'd been fast-tracked through, she'd never gotten to the part of her training where they said, don't write down the secret messages. <laughs> oh, so God. she'd been writing them all down word for word in her notebook. So although she never gave anything away in the interrogations, the Germans were able to cross-reference what she'd written down with some of the known communications she'd sent and were able to start imitating her signals, including her heavy-handed style. <laughs> so, <laughs> bang, 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 bang. So it was less bang. Oh, don't we need... <laughs> Where's that obelix? Yes. <laughs> Where we need him. Get me the clunkiest radio operator you can find. <laughs> oh, sorry, German. Big... Get me the clunkiest radio operator you can find. <laughs> that very big French chap with the Amer. Yes. <laughs> Ideally, we want someone with approximately grade two in piano. <laughs> Knows how to send the notes, but really does just muller them out. <laughs> so, yeah, she... No, not muller. No, not you. <laughs> no, no, not, not you, muller. Not you, delicate, fing... <laughs> no, no, delicate <laughs> fingered muller. <laughs> muller light. <laughs> <laughs> very, you're so, you're very so good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bang, yogurt pun. <laughs> that none, none of our listeners outside of the UK no, are going to get. Outside of Britain, no one will get that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she became less Bang Bang Lulu and more Bang Bang Ludwig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And unfortunately, these, these fake broadcasts in combination with several other double agents and security lapses, which completely weren't her fault, and intercepted transmissions meant that several other radio operators were captured shortly after being dropped into France and were very quickly executed. So her capture mm, didn't do any favours for the SEO, for the uh, special oh. executive operations. Well, it did, because they were sending all their shit people to Paris. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyway, well, yes. God for that. Got rid of another few. <laughs> I feel like that's a little unfair, but yes. <laughs> Carter herself attempted to escape the Gestapo twice and actually did manage to break out of jail during an air raid and uh, escaped across the roof, but was pretty quickly captured. And after the second attempt was shipped off to Germany, where she was uh, really quite brutally interrogated, kept in solitary confinement for several months and was eventually executed at Dachau concentration camp in September 1944. So a pretty, ho a pretty horrible <laughs> end. <laughs> but, a lovely end to a funny podcast. But, <laughs> A pretty horrible... Well, I, you know, captured by World War II, it was never going to end well. But she was a pretty awesome woman who beat the odds, beat her instructor's expectations, and managed to become... Beat off the French resistance. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's why, that's why she got shot to the Germans. 
and became the first pacifist Indian princess women radio operator in Paris. So, uh, in fact, she was the first pacifist. She was the first woman. She was the first Indian (laughs) and the first princess women radio operator in Paris. So a combination of all of the above. And uh, she was given the George Cross and Croix de la Guerre from France for her actions in World War II. So... She, she wasn't the greatest, most accomplished by out there, but she was pretty damn awesome at the end of the day. Very good. There we go. And we've just had a lot of fun taking the piss out of her. I know, which I do feel bad for, but... <laughs> but that's the podcast. But that's the podcast, kids. <laughs> Anyone's fair game. Good story. Very good story. Thanks. Good handbook. Bloody good handbook. <laughs> what a good episode. Yeah, I've enjoyed this one. I think it's been, I think it's been good. <laughs> Right. Well, we should probably think of a topic for next week, shouldn't we? Oh yeah, I haven't had, I haven't had any thoughts. You haven't had haven't any really thoughts considering it. Um, moving. Moving. I'm moving. I'm moving house. Why don't we do moving? Okay, let's do movement, migration, movement. Yes. Yes, that'd be a good one. Yeah. Mass movements of peoples. Well, actually, movements opens it up as well because you could do, you could do migration, dance. you could do dance, you could do bowel movements. Bowel movements. There have been some very famous ones of those. Musical movements. Yes. Yep. <laughs> okay. Movement week. Interpreting history through conceptual dance. <laughs> Fire a podcast. Yeah. You're going to enjoy this one, folks. <laughs> well, on that note, listen to us, listen to us wiggle <laughs> next week. Well, I live in quite a rickety house, so you will definitely hear me um, <laughs> recreating gy- Bang Bang Lulu whilst I try and foxtrot around the room. <laughs> I gyrate furiously as well, so it creates a sort of zinging uh, yes, noise. Ab- you sh- <laughs> Tom gyrates so quickly that uh, he actually generates a small electric field. <laughs> if, you pass, if you pass the room whilst he's gyrating with a compass, it'll start pointing to him. <laughs> Which is, incidentally, in the handbook of uh, Simple Sabotage. Is it? Walk around with a magnet in your pocket. <laughs> it is, actually. You know, it genuinely is. Yeah, and, and confused compasses. Yeah. <laughs> that genuinely was in there. The gyrating rapidly bit wasn't. That would be very distracting. <laughs> if, the, if, the S- if the SS are parading past and you're just there in the crowd going, Oh, yeah! Tom's getting down! <laughs> wow, well, flossing t- <laughs> yeah. furiously. <laughs> Right, on that note, <laughs> we are going to say goodbye <laughs> before it gets any dark, further down the hole. <laughs> if you have enjoyed this episode, do tune in next week uh, for, a, 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 well, I don't know what it's going to be like. Could be great, could be terrible. Episode into movement. If you enjoyed this podcast, do move over to that subscribe button on your podcast app of choice. Way. And uh, and click subscribe. <laughs> Leave us a comment. And if you've got any suggestions for episode, hey, it's Radio One. And do do let us know your thoughts, any suggestions for future episodes. Uh, we are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search for that with Genius Podcast. You'll find us one way or another. Right, say goodbye, Tom. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>